Welcome to Akoban, the war horn, with Junius Ricardo Stanton. That on some positions, cowardice asks the question: Is it safe? Expediency asks the question: Is it politic? Vanity asks the question: Is it popular? But conscience asks the question: Is it right? And on some positions. And on some positions, it is necessary for the moral individual to take a stand that is neither safe, nor politic, nor popular. But he must do it because it is right. To our nation tonight, we say to our government, we even say to IFBI, we will not be harassed. We will not make a butchery of our conscience. We will not be intimidated, and we will be heard. Welcome to Akoban, the War Horn, with Junius Ricardo Stanton. Akoban is an integral word and symbol of the Akan people, who reside in Ghana, West Africa. The Akoban is a specially carved animal's horn that makes a distinct and unique sound. The traditional villagers use it as a call for alertness, preparation. Assembly and, in extreme cases, mobilization. We sound the Akoban to alert you to interesting ideas, current events that are below the radar of the corporatist mind control apparatus and their digital platform partners. We also sound the Akoban to present interesting personalities, people who are doing major work. To benefit humanity, and also to wake us up to the dangers inherent in modern living with those who want to enslave the planet. My name is Junius Ricardo Stanton. We heard a small snippet from Martin Luther King, and we're playing that to commemorate his birthday and to talk about. Why we need a resurgence in morality and activism, and we'll address all those things following these messages at a relaxing, meditative moment. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Greetings to the Internet Radio family. This is Reverend Valentine speaking. You know, for nearly 30 years, I have had the distinct experience of being interviewed over every medium of communication available to the public. And except for the metaphysical underground, I can think of no other electronic venue that has been more progressive, more innovative, more insightful, more diligent, more diverse in its demographics, and more courageously supportive of the truth than this ever-growing phenomenon called Internet Radio. And this is precisely why I'm here to tell you that it is so vital that you give your wholehearted support to it. Tell a friend. In fact, tell two, three, and four of your friends. If you are a business owner, support Internet Radio by telling your customers and constituents all about it. Let them know that there is a legitimate and important substitute to all of the prefabricated, super-sensitive garbage polluting our public airways today. Don't allow the mass media to continue to treat you like a mindless consumer drone. Enhance your awareness. Indulge your critical thinking, your reasoning, and your analysis. Do as I do. Log on, listen in, and then let it be known all about your internet radio experience. Chimatep, beloved family, thank you for listening. Walk in light. This is a meditative, relaxing moment with Junius Ricardo Stanton encouraging you to relax, let your shoulders drop naturally, normally, breathe in through your nose, take a deep breath, let your abdomen expand, relax, hold it for a count of five, four, three, two, one, exhale, let your abdomen sink in, relax, take a deep breath, inhale, let your abdomen expand, hold it, five, four, three, two, one, exhale, Softly, relax, monitor your thoughts, don't resist what you see, the images, relax, focus on your breathing, inhale deep, let your abdomen expand, hold it, five, four, three, two, one, exhale, relax, continue to monitor your breathing, focus only on your breathing, relax, let the tension flow outward from you, inhale, fully, fully expand your abdomen, fill your lungs with life-giving oxygen and air, Hold it, five, four, three, two, one, exhale, relax, relax, 
relax. Perk up and be prepared to resume your day in an extremely relaxed state of mind, being, and health. Till next time, stay strong and stay healthy. Listening to Akuban, a call to awareness, a call to alertness, a call to action, and a call to war, with Junius Ricardo Stanton. As we pause to pay homage and remember the life and legacy of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., it's important that we not get caught up in the transformation that the corporatist media and the government had in store to change this man who was a true radical, a true prophet in the biblical sense of prophetic utterances, who promoted a greater, grander vision of humanity, starting with himself, his community, and the world, and not just get hung up on the back part of a speech that when you look at it in its entirety, was everything that he was about. And they keep playing the I have a dream refrain. We do well to read and digest the whole speech and all of his speeches, particularly the piece that I played before we came on, because he talks about the importance of courage. He talks about the importance of morality, not to be concerned about what other people think. Just do what is right. Right the wrongs. Make a statement, make an impression, and make a difference. And so with that, I want to just touch base on an idea. And the piece is called, What Would Martin Luther King Jr. Say About Transhumanism? Quote, Eugenics is the science of improving the human species by selectively mating people with specific, desirable, quote-unquote, heredity traits, to breed out disease, disabilities, and other undesirable, quote-unquote, human traits. It was super popular with the Nazis. While even transhumanism does not explicitly encourage breeding for the superiority of one specific group, the methods endorsed by some prominent transhumanists aim for the same end, unquote. What is transhumanism and why do people associate it with eugenics? D.T. Marty www.eugenicsandsociety.org forward slash what dash transhumanism dash and dash why dash do dash people associated eugenics. Last year I did a two-part series on eugenics exposing how the oligarchs want to limit human procreation through sterilization, selective breeding, and new technologies like gene splicing to create better quote-unquote human beings via designer babies, quote-unquote. As we celebrate the 93rd natal day of Martin Luther King Jr., I wonder what he would think, say, and do about the eugenics movement, the transhumanist movement, and what his thoughts be on how the, quote-unquote, pandemic responses are playing out. 
Martin Luther King Jr. was a Baptist minister, a human and civil rights activist who spoke out boldly and vociferously against militarization, militarism, racism, and imperialism. At the time of his assassination, he was working on and making preparations for a massive nationwide Poor People's March and encampment in Washington, D.C. to call attention to, seek redress, and a radical change in U.S. domestic and foreign policies, which is why he was murdered. King, like Malcolm X before him, made the direct link between U.S. aggression and imperialism directed against brown people in Southeast Asia and the sordid history of U.S. domestic racial and class oppression. He saw the challenges of poverty and economic caste as Siamese twins with an insatiable appetite that was draining the U.S. of resources while causing irrevocable pain and suffering here in the United States and thousands of miles away in Southeast Asia. The United States was running full-fledged war in Vietnam and microaggression in Cambodia and Laos. King's open denunciation of these crimes against humanity put him directly in the crosshairs of the same psychopaths who killed John F. Kennedy and Malcolm X before him. Given King's uncompromising stance for peace, justice, and economic fairness, it was inevitable the U.S. deep state would murder him just like they did Kennedy and Malcolm earlier. The same reactionary consciousness was behind the attempted assassination of third-party candidate George Wallace, who was threatening to upset the status quo with his brand of demagogic populism. But let's imagine a state of affairs where Kennedy, Malcolm, and King were protected by their supporters and their supporters thwarted the deep state's murderous intentions. What if they were all alive today, in their right minds, still advocating for justice, human rights, and empowerment? Would any of them be for what is going on now? What do you think Martin Luther King Jr.'s stance would be on the COVID response and mitigation, given he lived in Atlanta and was familiar with the Tuskegee syphilis experiments run by the United States Public Health Service and Johns Hopkins University? King would have been aware of the fact that for 40 years, black men in and around Tuskegee went untreated for venereal disease so the government could track the debilitating and deadly progress and effects of that disease. What do you think Martin Luther King Jr. would have said about that crime against humanity? Let's jump forward to today. What would Martin Luther King say about sticking people who have been denied informed consent? www.ama-association.org forward slash delivering care forward slash ethics forward slash informed consent. And you can read what informed consent is at that link before being given experimental untested DNA altering concoctions. What would a preacher who espoused social and economic justice say about a philosophy that wanted to reduce or call the human population based upon a notion of racial superiority? What do you think Martin Luther King Jr., who preached about the brotherhood of man, who warned America was approaching spiritual death in 1968, was saying in 2022 about transhumanism, the goal of megalomaniacal scientists to augment, quote-unquote, humans by implanting chips, biotechnology, and prosthetics, hooking us to computers or turning us into cyborgs, laboratory-created chimeras or mixed-species beings. Looking at our current situation, it appears we have no champions for justice, no drum majors for peace, 
no prophets denouncing the miscreants and advocating for the sanctity and sovereignty of our bodies. There are no heroes charging over the horizon to save us from mad scientists, psychopaths, and corrupt politicians. I guess we will have to be the ones to do it. We will have to be the Medgar Malcolm Martins of our era. Ashe. And as we pause to celebrate and reconcile the fact that Martin Luther King was challenging the very structure of this country. It wasn't enough that he wanted and he fought for and he advocated for inclusion into the economic mainstream and political fabric of this country through the Voting Rights Act and for economic parity and justice. He, like Malcolm before him, recognized the nexus of American imperialism and capitalism. He felt that we as a nation could do better. We could redirect our genius, our resources away from war, away from armaments, away from bombing brown people, and use them to employ a greater sense of community on a global scale. You also have to wonder, what would Martin Luther King Jr. say about globalization? The deliberate offshoring and, and the deliberate knowing deindustrialization of this country to be sent to places like China and Malaysia and at one point in the 80s, uh, Yugoslavia, so that the capitalist class could get a better return on their investment. What would he say about that? What would he say about the sweatshops? What would he say about the gross inequities and the deplorable working conditions? What would he say about the response to COVID? What would he say about the whole idea of it being created potentially in a laboratory and that this bioweapon, this weaponized viral entity, this zoonomic creature was part and parcel of a broader biological warfare arsenal. Do you think that he, even in his 90s, would remain silent? Do you think that he would not be engaged and not have an opinion and not take a direct action an activist approach. I can't see the Martin Luther King who was making a transfer and a transformation from early his early years to going up against what he called the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today, my own government. I can't see him being a passive bystander today, sitting by, not taking any action, not trying to raise consciousness. Because if there's one thing that Martin Luther King did, it was raise consciousness. Like he said, his mission was to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Like the old style biblical preachers, he called out the powers that be. He called out the military industrial complex. He called out the elected officials. He called out the clergy. Because if you stop and think about this, there was not one major clergyman, not in the Jewish religion, not in the Orthodox Jewish reform or any other Jewish sect or fashion. There was no major national spokesman for the Catholics, nobody in the evangelical realm like Billy Graham, nobody in the New Thought movement like Norman Vincent Peale, who stood up and took the same stand as Martin Luther King Jr. did. He was all alone. Virtually that last year of his life, he was viewed as a pariah. Many in the civil rights movement abandoned him because he was causing them angst and no longer were people contributing to their cause. And they had to be the puppets that they were. They had to go along with the okie doke So 
we see in Martin Luther King Jr. a challenge to the order. We see a man of courage. It must not have been easy to listen to threats against his life and his wife and his family constantly. The FBI had a program where they were going to try to drive him insane, try to get him to commit suicide. This is the government, the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today, the United States government. Just look at some of the reports from the church committee on the abuses in the FBI and the CIA and the intelligence community. Read those reports from everyday testimony from everyday Americans, activists, people standing up, whether it was for the American Indian movement, labor, the peace movement, civil rights, the black power movement, you name it. It was very similar. It was an all-out assault on dissent. The FBI under the COINTELPRO and CIA under Operation Chaos, which was illegal because the charter for the CIA, not that these criminals and miscreants and psychopaths have any respect for the written word of law, but their charter forbid them to get involved with internal politics, which of course is preposterous. I mean, they're, they're all over elections, they're all over ways and means to discredit and embarrass or expose people who raise opposition to their wars and their opposition to the killings and the murders and the destabilization that they do all over the world with impunity. Because no one, they never get held accountable. Never, no one ever goes to jail. The most that would happen is they get called before Congress. And even that, a lot of that is redacted or is filed and has classified because they don't want, you know, just how wicked and evil these people are. And they're in collusion and consortium with them. You very rarely see in Congress, you might hear somebody make a, a statement, say like, Rand Paul made some statements about Fauci, but notice how none of his colleagues support him because they know that's a no-no. They know that you can't do that and expect to get money from the corporations and it also may put a target on your back like John F. Kennedy, uh, Robert Kennedy, and several other senators who spoke out, or congressmen who spoke out. So we're up against a, a wicked system. And the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. They're not, it's not just evil people, but spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a consciousness and a hubris that permeates this culture, this world. It's the exact opposite of Ma'at. Ma'at is an ancient African cosmological concept, divine order, truth, harmony, balance, Righteousness, reciprocity, divine order, meaning the universe is theological. It is the result of mental envisionment and construction about peace, truth, harmony, balance, righteousness, reciprocity. This order here that we're dealing with is one of manufactured chaos. Their motto is ordo ab chaos, order out of chaos. They create the chaos you know, it's problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem or they ex exacerbate, <clears throat> excuse me, an, an existing problem. They manipulate the results or the reaction because a lot of things that are out here, they're not our own. They're, they're part and parcel of planned opposition, people who actually out here doing some honest work who get co-opted by the money or the fame or whatever, and then they come up with a solution that they've already worked out and formulated 
well in advance so that they get what they want. So for them, it's a win-win. That's what we're up against. We're up against truly evil people. It's not, they're not just stupid. This whole COVID thing, it's not just stupidity. It's a uniform, concise, programmed and planned campaign to make you afraid of a virus that even they are forced to admit has a 99% recovery rate for healthy people. The problem is their companies and their government agencies that are supposed to be regulating food, drugs, medical equipment, the economy, the banking industry, all of that, they've been captured by the very people they're supposed to regulate. It's called regulatory capture. And so we're allowed to exist in a situation where there are carcinogenic products, poisonous products, there's frankenfood products out there that they know are harmful to us, but the FDA is unwilling to do the, the work, unwilling to do what they're supposed to do to protect us. And so that's why they're giving authorization to so many of these so-called vaccines. And they're not really vaccines. But even this is just a, a classic example of regulatory capture. It's out-and-out corruption. And it's endemic in the system. And Martin Luther King was just talking about the outer tip in terms of the military-industrial complex. And we're seeing now that this is a major threat because now they're beating the war drums for some kind of conflict in Europe with Russia which is insane. They want to push China. Now, a lot of that is to beef up the spending because they just passed through a bill of record spending, and that's what they do. They spend, spend, spend. They create a, a boogeyman and say, okay, we have to have this money so we can be better prepared for peace. That's the insanity. You know, war is peace. Peace is for wimps. Lies are truth. Truth is something that needs to be suppressed and censored and on and on and on. So that's why Martin Luther King Jr. is such a hero. Now, some people say, well, I don't want to go out like that. Well, the truth of the matter is death is unavoidable. We're not going to get out of here alive. So it's not so much whether you live a long life and you die quietly in your bed. The question is, what is your life about? What have you committed to? What thing or things have you poured your energy, your heart, and your resources in that will provide a service for humanity. It's not enough that you prosper and benefit from your effort. It has to be service-oriented in the sense that other people benefit, whether it's an invention, whether it's a business, a service, or what have you. All of us are going to make that transition. key question is, what was your life like? What great things did you accomplish in your life? By great, I'm not talking about the kind of stuff that they would hold up and they you'd get a 10-minute thing on the news about what you've done. No, I'm not. I'm talking about honest, integrous work, having a good attitude toward yourself and your neighbor and the world and everything around us, being good stewards of what you've been given and moving to raise consciousness. None of us are perfect. Life is a school. We're here to learn. The experiences that we go through the trials and tribulations are like the fire that burn off the dross that can reveal the gold and silver in our character. Suffering for what is right or being persecuted for what is right is one way to 
polish your character. I say this, and I've said this many occasions, and we're talking about we're in a spiritual war. There is no neutrality in this war. You are either on the side of right and humanity or your collateral damage. Most of us are not in the inner sanctums of whatever you want to call it, the deep state, Illuminati, whatever name you call for those who are working their their evil and wickedness. At best, you're just a useful idiot, somebody who's been duped a sop. Most of us on this planet are targets. We're viewed as what they call useless eaters, or what Hillary Clinton calls some group of them, deplorable. They have no respect for us. They have no respect for the God force, whether you call it Chi, Ashe, whether you call it Nomo, Jock, whatever indigenous people call it, they have no respect for it. That's what transhumanism is, a total lack of respect for the divine order. And they want to usurp that and turn it, you know, the, the very essence of Lucifer. And so they are, in essence, Luciferians. Given that, there is no neutrality. You can't sit on the fence. You just have to know who your enemies are, know who you are, know what you are, that you are a divine creation created in the design and likeness of a creator that is spiritual. There is no corporal, big, giant white man up in the sky. That's silly. We have to move beyond that. And so as we honor Martin Luther King Jr. for his courage, for his insight, for his foresight, let us make a commitment not to fall for the okie doke, not to fall for the day of service okie doke. That's not something he would have come up with. He was about direct confrontation of evil, militarism, imperialism, racism, challenging the very system in the courts, in the economic sphere, in the political sphere. He wasn't about just sweeping up some dirt off the sidewalk, picking up trash, painting a building. Yes, that's great, but that's something you should be doing anyway. What we're talking about is a change maker transformational leadership not holding on to the status quo the status quo is based on theft piracy predation exploitation that's what this system is built upon despite the narrative and that's why in this whole another topic that's why they're so opposed to critical race theory because they don't want people to know even we know you know we pretend not to know that the western system is based on exploitation and piracy we pretend not to know that everywhere they went, major social humanitarian disruption followed, ecological disruption followed, massive genocide against human beings, slaughter of animals. That's what they don't want us to know. And we have, if we are to change, if we are to transform, we are to move beyond that consciousness. We have to know that it is not in our best interest and strive and move toward doing what's right, no matter what anyone else says. We're going to close, and as always, we wish you love, peace, health, prosperity, wisdom, power, but most of all, courage. The courage to find meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in your life so that you evolve into all that the Creator intends for you to be. And your life manifests magnificently in a partnership with the Creator where you make a fabulous contribution to the collective. Till next time, stay well, stay strong. Peace.